People always ask how I balance my family life with 400 shows a year. I'm just doing what I love with the people I love. It's my magic life. I like Wes Isley. I like everything about him. All right. On today's episode, we have someone who is passionate about helping women not only lose weight, but change their lifestyle and heal the mind and body. She's a certified life coach, a keto nutrition specialist, and a pretty cool person to boot. Everybody, it's Jess Reed. Woo! What's happening, girl? How are you? Hey, Wes. Thank you so much. And you and Natalie, I'm excited to chat with you today. Well, this will be fun. Uh, So we had over 60 people write to us outside of the realm of magic and say, hey, I'd like to be on the podcast. I'd like to do this. And Natalie skimmed through them, and she said this one piqued her interest. So Natalie (laughs) is super excited about this one. But Yeah, I was really excited, too. I believe I told you I wanted to talk about the magic of ketosis. Oh, there you go. There you go. (laughs) So Natalie doesn't know anything about ketosis. I've, I've looked into it, but... You'll, you got a brand new subject over here. You can break her in. But this is listen to people from 35 different countries all around the world. You don't only help men, though, do you? You mean women? Women, sorry. You don't only help women, do you? You, you also help men? I mainly help women. Um, I would say probably about 90 to 95% of my clients are women, um, probably mostly because of my branding. Um, so I call myself a self-care keto coach. I think that the term self-care is um, probably more of a buzzword for women than men, uh, just because of our conditioning and marketing and so forth. But um, it's really just about meeting your own needs and taking good care of yourself through nutrition. And um, so I say that I help women lose weight with a keto diet and a self-care mindset. To answer your question, I'm not opposed to taking on men as clients, but I definitely find that um, a lot more women are coming to me than men. Well, we're on the road constantly performing, so any tips or tricks you have, we're, we are up for it. Our problem is just that sometimes we have 20-hour workdays, and when you're trying to stay awake after four shows and driving from state to state to get to the next show, you grab junk food to stay awake. You need that instant sugar just to keep you awake behind the wheel, and uh, you know, you're passing fast food restaurant after fast food restaurant. We do have the RV. She does try to pack lunches, but it gets tough out there, Jess, so... I hear you. Yeah, it's and it's um definitely a struggle, but it's totally doable. And I want to you know point out basically that there are lots of people that follow a keto diet, not even to lose weight, but just for the performance benefits of it. So there are biohackers in Silicon Valley that prefer to run off of um, ketones for fuel instead of running off of sugar for fuel, just because it is a more efficient fuel source. You can go longer between meals without experiencing any hunger. You feel a lot more energy. You feel a lot more clarity of mind. And so people do it for basically uh, performance. All right, we'll start back at the beginning. Tell tell Natalie about ketones and what that is. Okay, cool. So, essentially, as humans, we are able to function in one of two metabolic states. And a metabolic state is essentially just means the type of energy that you're able to burn for fuel. And so, in all of the food that we eat, there are three different macronutrients that breaks down into either protein, fats, or carbohydrates. And so carbohydrates are things like sugars, even starches, um, potatoes, rice, pasta, bread, all of those things. But of course, there are also carbohydrates in vegetables and salad and fruits and and everything like that. 
So when the body has carbohydrates available, it uses that as its primary fuel source. And so you will be burning glucose or sugar for fuel. And most of us go our entire lives just only in this one metabolic state. Unless you've ever tried a keto diet or a low-carb diet or unless you've ever done any extended fasting, you've actually never dipped into the other metabolic state, which is called ketosis. So in this metabolic state, when you don't have carbohydrates available, your body has a backup fuel source, which is to burn fat for fuel, particularly your stored body fat. So we actually have the capability of storing a lot of energy on our bodies through fat cells. And so when we have an excess of energy or an excess of even carbohydrates, the body converts it into fat. So think about a bear who eats, you know, all summer long and gets nice and fat and then hibernates all winter long. So when the bear is hibernating, he is burning his stored body fat for fuel, and he actually switches into a different metabolic state of ketosis. So the reason why it's called ketosis um, instead of something related to the word fat um, is because um, when your body breaks down stored body fat or breaks down even dietary fat, one of the byproducts that happens, your liver is the organ that breaks down fat, and one of the byproducts of breaking down fat is called ketones. And so the ketone bodies are actually the fuel that your body is running off of. So that's why it's called ketosis. Oh, well, that's good to know. I had no clue about any of this stuff. As you always yeah. hear everybody talking about, I'm on a keto diet, I'm on a keto diet. I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. You just eat meat or, you know, whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, that's good yeah. to know. The foods that you do um, mainly focus on then is protein and fat because you're going to be intentionally restricting carbohydrates so that your body um, switches over to, to the different fuel source of burning ketones for fuel. So the reason that people want to do this is because it allows you to tap into your stored body fat and break that down and therefore lose fat, lose weight, recomposition your body. It preserves muscle as well so that you're not you know, losing fat and muscle. Instead, you're only losing fat, so it really helps with body recomposition. And also, the main reason that people might choose to do this over any other type of way to lose weight is because um, of the appetite suppression, actually. So that's one of the interesting benefits of a state of ketosis is your appetite becomes suppressed. And you might think that the reason for this from an anthropological point of view, think about our ancestors who used to have to hunt and gather for our food. So imagine there's a famine or you haven't been able to hunt or kill in a couple of days. Uh, you wouldn't want to be in a state where you just feel absolutely starving and lethargic. You would want to actually have more energy and focus to be able to go make the next kill or find and gather some food. And so that's one of the amazing benefits of ketosis is that it, it suppresses your appetite as well as makes you more alert and able to function at a higher performance level. Huh. So I wouldn't be getting hangry anymore. Yeah, that's what's pretty amazing. <laughs> so like you guys said, you are on the road for a lot of hours, and sometimes you're driving through the night, and you're eating sugar just to stay awake. Right. So what happens when you consume sugar is that um, your blood glucose or your blood sugar spikes. And so what happens when it spikes is you get a nice boost of energy. You feel really good. You get that nice little sugar high for a little bit. Um, but then when it dips back down, you go into a blood sugar slump. And then your brain starts compelling you that you are um, hungry again. So sugar breaks down very easily in the body. And so you burn through it very quickly. 
And so that's why your hunger comes back within like two hours. You know, if you have breakfast of like cereal and orange juice, you're going to be hungry two hours later. But if you had a breakfast of eggs and bacon only, no carbohydrates, you might be feeling pretty full and good for four or five hours. Okay. Cool. And what did I make you for breakfast this morning? Eggs and turkey bacon. There you go. <laughs> Good choices. So, so um, what I have studied and and my studying my knowledge of ketosis and all this isn't as vast as yours, obviously. What are the sticks and it, what are you doing? Are you peeing on them? Are you testing your blood? I've seen ketosis sticks. What are, what are those? Uh-huh. Is that saliva? What is that? Yeah, actually. So there are three different ways that you can test ketones in your body. And kind of a cool thing about this, actually, people who really enjoy data and science and or just perfectionists, people that want to know, like, am I actually doing this right? The answer is you can have a very clear answer that you're doing it right. Aside from just losing weight on the scale, you can actually see the presence of ketone bodies in your urine, in your blood, and in your breath. So there are three different types of ketone bodies. I won't bore you with the science, but essentially they show up in three different ways because of that. And so, yeah, you can go to the store and you can buy ketone urinalysis strips. So strips that you pee on and they change color um, and they show you the presence of ketone bodies in your urine. Also, you can use blood strips. So the same way that diabetics might take their blood sugar using blood strips, you can actually test ketones in your blood as well. And then they even make breath meters. So you actually can just blow into it for about 15 seconds and it'll tell you how many ketones are in your breath. Huh. Which one's the best one to use? Well, it's debatable. Okay. I would say, I would say that breath is the best. Um, so I like that because it, you don't have to buy any strips. You just buy the device once. Oh, okay. I hate refills of anything. Forever. I hate refills. If I don't have to yeah. get a refill, I'm, I'm good for it. The downside is that, you know, it's a higher price point in, in the beginning. So essentially, um, you might be spending like 100 to $150 on the breath meter. But if you think about how many times you're going to buy a pack of the urine strips for $7, um, you know, or the blood strips are even more expensive than that. Like you probably pay like $60 for like 50 blood strips. So almost a dollar a strip. You can get like 100 urine strips for about $7. So they are pretty cheap. Um, but if you're going to be doing this for a while, um, it's probably best to get the breath meter. Um, also because over time, your body doesn't put as many ketone bodies into your urine. It makes sense if you think about the fact that our bodies are very efficient. Um, and so the reason why the ketones are in your urine at first is because your body has not become efficient at using it as a fuel source. So it's putting a lot of it into your waste. It's saying, oh, I have all these extra ketones. I don't need these. So over time, your body becomes more efficient at burning ketones, and you're going to see less and less in your urine. Um, so sometimes people can get discouraged if they don't have that information. They'll think, well, what am I doing wrong? I used to be in high ketosis, and now I'm not. Um, and so that can be discouraging for people, but the breath remains accurate over time. Oh, okay. And Natalie and I can share it, right? Yes, you can. Um, as long as you trust the person, you know, you're going to be swapping saliva with whoever it is. But yeah, as long as um, you're okay with that. And also, they do, whenever you buy a breath meter, they have different tube attachments that you guys could, like, each have your own and just insert it whenever okay. you want to take turns with it if you didn't want to share. Okay. Well, here's here's Natalie's issue right now if we go into this and then get back into ketone thing. She just gave birth to twins a year ago. And Congratulations. Thanks. And she is the type that holds on to weight during 
breastfeeding. Explain it to her. You can do better than me. Oh well, my gosh, oh, I, I did too. Oh yeah, yeah. You know that everybody says, oh, you're going to have twins and you're going to breastfeed. Yeah, I'm breastfeeding. You're going to have the best body of your life while you're breastfeeding. And, and twins are going to lose double the weight. Right, and I'm over here like still with a, a pooch of a belly a year later and just like that didn't happen for me. I, I you know, working out, trying to eat as well as we can and not moving on the scale after a certain amount of weight did drop, obviously, because right after birth, you know, you do lose some, but then I was just stuck. And so I've just finished weaning them. So I'm hoping <laughs> things start getting moving again. But yeah. And what I like about yeah. the keto diet is it's not a, a fad type diet where you have to buy Weight Watchers meals or something like that. I mean, it's very doable. No. Right. And, you know, actually, there are a lot of keto products on the market now. Um, when I started eating this way back in 2013, really the only products on the market were like Atkins products. And so I did buy them and use some of them. Um, and I'm a big believer in using it as a short term solution if that's what you need. I call them a keto crutch. Like, I'd rather you go eat the keto M&Ms than, you know, eat the real sugary laden versions. But ultimately, those things can slow your progress down. And I call them frankenfoods. You know, I I think no matter what type of um, diet people are propagating, nutritionists, dietitians, uh, specialist educators, I think we can all agree that eating real food is the best thing for your body. So um, it's just because there's a product in the grocery store that says keto on it does not necessarily mean that it is good for your body. It can be really inflammatory. It can still spike your blood sugar, um, and it can hold back progress. But I am also grateful that those things exist for when you need to have a little bit of pleasure in your life. You, you want to enjoy your life. You want to have some ice cream. Go have your keto ice cream on a Friday night. Just don't be eating keto products every single day. Okay. Interesting. So you mentioned that you're having trouble losing weight after um, giving birth and being postpartum and breastfeeding. Right. Um, I, I ate keto throughout my entire pregnancy and postpartum while I was breastfeeding. It is safe in case anybody's concerned about that. Yeah. And actually, um, babies are born in a state of ketosis. And a lot of times they are in a state of ketosis if they're exclusively um, breastfeeding. Because um, although there are definitely some carbs, sugars in breast milk, the macronutrient composition usually keeps babies in a state of ketosis because breast milk is so high in fat. So it is safe, totally normal. Um, it's a normal biological state for humans to be in either ketosis or glucosis. So whichever one is fine and healthy. Um, hormones um, are everything. And so one of the biggest reasons why uh, keto really helps is because of how it influences hormones. When you are riding the blood sugar roller coaster, the primary hormone that helps usher sugar out of your blood is called insulin. And that is a fat storage hormone. So diabetics um, are unable to get the glucose out of their blood because they have become insulin resistant. So a lot of times they will even, you know, they'll have to take insulin shots to help them, right? Uh -huh. And so that's the job of insulin is to get the, the sugar out of your blood because when it's too high, it can actually be very dangerous. So what it does is it actually ushers the excess sugar out of your blood and into fat storage. So insulin is a fat storage hormone. Well, insulin is so interconnected. All of our hormones are interconnected with estrogen, um, progesterone, um, our hunger hormones called leptin and ghrelin. These affect our satiety, however full we feel, and it affects our hunger levels. So all of our hormones are interconnected. And a lot of times what we don't realize 
is that every single food that we put into our body has a chemical and a hormonal reaction as a result. And so we feel very, very different based on the different types of foods that we are eating. Um, I just want to, you know, affirm you and resonate with you that it is actually pretty difficult to lose weight when you are breastfeeding. Um, what happens is your body essentially is in a very similar state as menopause, basically. Oh. Um, and so it, it's normal for your body to be, um, to struggle with insulin. A lot of times people can become insulin resistant during that time. So trying out keto can be very effective. Um, for people who are breastfeeding, wanting to lose that baby weight. But I also want to normalize the fact that it's normal for your body to hold on to a little bit of extra weight when you're breastfeeding. It's like a survival mechanism. Okay. Yeah, see, people don't talk about that very much. It's usually, oh, you lose so much weight when you breastfeed. And you, and so when you, you're a person that doesn't, you don't feel normal, you know? And it's like, golly. And, and you're so, breastfeeding twins around the clock. Right, And there's exactly. no... There's no uh, moving on the scales, and you're trying to eat right, and you're trying to do right, and you're like, what's wrong with me? Right, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Another thing that makes weight loss really hard postpartum is the lack of sleep. Yes. So (laughs) if your sleep is being interrupted, then your stress hormone cortisol goes through the roof the next day. Anything less than six hours of sleep straight, and your insulin, sorry, your cortisol goes up by 40 to 60 percent the next day and so cortisol your stress hormone is interlinked with insulin which is your fat storage hormone and so i've even worked with clients who ate a keto diet quote unquote perfectly but they were only getting four hours of sleep a night not necessarily because they were new moms or because they were super stressed out or whatever it might be and the scale won't budge so i think that's another big factor in uh, struggling to lose weight is sleep deprivation when you're a new mom yeah no kidding what's she saying Uh, i was was looking at wes i was like when was the last time i got six hours of sleep you know in one night i don't know it's been it's twins it's been a year I know. We have I twins, know. and now they're in their teething phase. <laughs> so it's uh, getting up and giving them, you know, baby Tylenol, and they're just, they're holding their ears, and they're pulling, and yeah. It's, yeah. it's so hard. But I have a, I have a question, though, because now that I'm done, um, I'm just now finished breastfeeding. So I, you know, let myself have a glass of wine at dinner time or something. Does that completely mess up a keto diet to have wine or, you know, a beer or something? What a great question. Um, This is a question that I get asked a lot, actually. Can I drink alcohol on keto? And my answer is yes, but your mileage may vary. So a lot of times there are alcohols that are low in carbohydrates or even zero carbohydrates. You know, you could go have a vodka soda for zero carbohydrates. And so why would that mess up ketosis if there's no carbohydrates? Well, the answer is actually that alcohol is considered a fuel source for the body. So some might, some people might actually call it the fourth macronutrient. So protein, fat, carbs, and then alcohol. So alcohol is a fuel source, actually. Your body can use it for energy. And remember how I said that um, carbohydrates take first priority. When you have carbohydrates in your body, your body will burn carbs first. And right. then it'll burn fat only once you burn through the carbs. Well, that order of priority rule takes the same way with alcohol. But alcohol would be first priority, even above carbohydrates. So you could be depriving your body of carbohydrates, but as soon as you introduce alcohol, your body says, oh, 
here's the very primary fuel source. We need to burn this first because actually it's considered kind of poisonous to the body. Um, you know, I'm not trying to demonize it. There can be some health benefits or mental health benefits for people, right? <laughs> so I'm not trying to demonize it in any way, shape, or form, but I just want to provide a little bit of context that it can actually slow down your progress. Because you might even still be in a state of ketosis, your urine strip or whatever is showing you that you're in a state of ketosis, but your body has to burn through the alcohol first before it can go back to doing the work of burning through your stored body fat, which is what you're trying to do. Okay. okay. So, I mean, Good to know. Uh, is she, would you say she's allowed to have a glass once a week or twice a week or it depends on the person or how does that work? Yeah, I think it depends on the person. And just see what's going on with you and see if it's worth it to you to keep um, going at the pace that you're going. Usually, um, if I see clients that are having a glass of alcohol once a week or twice a week, it's not really an issue. They're still seeing a lot of progress. I have some clients who, you know, have one or two glasses of wine every single night and, you know, that's not working out very well for them. So usually when people are stalling or not seeing as fast of progress as they would like to see, that would be the first thing that I would suggest cutting out just to see if it accelerates your progress. But if it's working for you and you're enjoying it and you're happy with your pace, then keep it. She cool. stopped drinking for a year, Jess. You should have seen the smile on her face when she had that first class. <laughs> like I said, sometimes there, you know, you have to enjoy your life, and sometimes right. there's mental health benefits to certain habits that you want to, you know, you have to enjoy what you're doing in order to stick with it long term. Right. Cool. That's a that's a good answer. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So it's all about mindset. It's all about having a self care mindset. So you are like an expert in this. I can just, I can hear it in your voice. Did you go to school for nutrition? I did somewhat. Um, I actually went to school um, to study to become a life coach. So I did my full master's degree in life coaching. And then I got my certification through the International Coach Federation. That took me like an additional year because you have to pass their test. You have to um, have your coaching sessions evaluated by their expert team. You have to have a certain number of hours under your belt, so on and so forth. So, um, And there's um, a strict code of ethics that you would buy, abide by, which is on par with those of mental health professionals. So it's something that I'm really, really proud of is my um, International Coach Federation um, certification. Um, I did do some nutrition training as well. I wanted to have a credential or a benchmark that I could let people know that I do know what I'm talking about when it comes to nutrition. So even though I didn't do a full degree in it, I'm not a nutritionist or a dietitian. I don't have a master's degree in nutrition or anything, but I did get my certification through the American Nutrition Association in ketogenic nutrition. Cool. Wow. That sounds impressive. (laughs) <laughs> I like it. Thank you. Thank you. It's something that I was really passionate about. I want people to feel like they can trust who they're working with for sure. Right, exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. So what's the what's the difference in the keto and the Adkins and carnivore? It sounds very similar. It sounds like yeah. high like low carb or yeah. no carb. Yep. They would definitely fall under the umbrella of low carb, all three of those things. So Atkins is a staggered low carb diet. I actually started with Atkins back in 2013. Um, When I approached it, I actually started um, November 8th of 2013. It was like three weeks before Thanksgiving. And I just wanted to lose 10 pounds in two weeks. And it was something that I had seen my mom do when I was a teenager, just approach Atkins and lose, you know, five pounds in a week or whatever. And so I was just desperate at that point and wanted a quick fix. I had no idea that I would actually fall in love with how I felt and with 
within two weeks, I knew that I would want to do it forever. I did lose those 10 pounds, but what I was so surprised about was how much better I felt. Um, and now I understand the science of, you know, ketosis, but at that time I didn't, I just thought it was like magic. Like why hadn't anybody told me about this? Um, so Atkins actually is a staggered low carb diet where the very first phase, they recommend at least two weeks, um, would actually be a state of ketosis. So it's very restrictive in carbohydrates. They recommend staying under 20 um, grams of carbohydrates per day. And then you can stay in that phase as long as you want to. And then they have the next phase up, you would incorporate um, certain other foods so that you're eating a little bit more carbohydrates, but you're still in a low carbohydrate diet. Then there's a phase three where you're adding back even more as you're getting closer to your goal weight. And then phase four, where it's called maintenance, where you're just maintaining your weight. You're still focusing on whole foods, but you would include things like higher glycemic fruits that you would be avoiding in the initial ketosis phase, um, starchier um, vegetables like potatoes or sweet potatoes, peas and carrots, things like that, that you would be avoiding in the initial phase. Um, you might even bring back some complex uh, carbohydrates like quinoa or um, millet or something like that. So that, that's kind of Atkins. Um, Keto is essentially the first phase of Atkins. So you are restricting your carbohydrates. Most people need to stay under 50 carbohydrates to be in a state of ketosis, but people can vary, and it really depends on your insulin resistance. So if you have a lot of weight to lose, it might be difficult for you to get into a state of ketosis at first. You're going to have to really be strict with it and stay under 50 carbs. Um, but now I, you know, I've healed my body of insulin resistance. I can eat up to a hundred carbs a day and still be burning ketones. And I can see that on the, on the breathalyzer, you know, so oh, wow. everybody's tolerance is different and everybody's body works differently. And then carnivore still falls under the umbrella of a low carb diet, but it's essentially almost a zero carbohydrate diet because what you're doing is you're eating, um, exclusively animal-based. So you're eating meat, and some people eat dairy. Some people are eating carnivore and they forego dairy, but I, I like to incorporate it um, when I have done carnivore and when I use it as a tool with my clients. But the benefits are that um, a lot of times people have sensitivities to plants and they're not really aware of it. It can help heal hormonal issues. It can help heal digestive issues, and it can help accelerate weight loss. Huh. All right, I might have the allergy to plants. <laughs> well, yeah, so? we, we know he has he has issues with broccoli and um, lettuce if it's washed a certain way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, they say like in restaurants they put like a tablespoon of bleach or whatever, but like I can go yeah. to, I can go to the grocery store and get a bag of lettuce or spinach and make salads and be fine all day. But if I eat a salad at a restaurant, I'm running to the bathroom right away. It's I guess that's how wow. they wash them, yeah. But broccoli, so broccoli doesn't matter. Broccoli is broccoli is broccoli messes them up every time. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, broccoli is a cruciferous vegetable along with like cauliflower and cabbage. Yeah, cabbage. And yeah. Brussels sprouts, things like that. So it's very um, common for people to have a hard time breaking that down, and the byproduct is gas and bloating and digestive discomfort. Yeah. There you go. But carnivore wouldn't reset that, though, because you said it would help with digestion stuff. That wouldn't fix it, would it? So that's an interesting question. Um, So sometimes people have sensitivities to food because they have what would be called dysbiosis in your gut or, like, disease of your gut. I wouldn't come out full out and say, like, you would actually, you know, have a health diagnosis that a doctor might diagnose, but maybe, you know, sometimes IBS or 
um, SIBO or even as far as like Crohn's disease, uh, it's, it's a spectrum of right. how diseased our gut can be. Um, some people have leaky gut, you know, where there's like little tiny holes in the lining of your gut and you're having a hard time digesting those things because, you know, little food particles are getting out into your bloodstream. So there could be a lot of different things going on with people's gut. Um, eating an elimination diet can help heal your gut. And so carnivore essentially is the best elimination diet there is because um, you're just eating straight meats um, and you've eliminated absolutely everything else other than that. And so what you can do is take a period of time, maybe about at least three months minimum. I, I wouldn't say this is necessary for weight loss, but if somebody's interested in trying to heal their gut, if they think that they have gut dysbiosis, give it a full three months and then let allow some time for your, your gut to heal. So imagine that you do have those little tiny holes in the gut of your lining. Um, sorry, the lining of your gut. Um, so that would give your body some time where it's not being aggravated and inflamed by the foods that are causing reactivity and your body is totally capable of healing itself. And so then when you reintroduce those foods, um, you can see, okay, well, maybe my gut is healed now because I'm responding much better to this now, or maybe I still have a sensitivity to this, but you can kind of use process of elimination and just bring in one food back at a time and see if your body is reacting to it. It's a long experiment, and it takes a lot of patience, but it is something that you can try. Well, when I get focused on something, I get pretty daggone focused. It, it bothers Natalie, because when I get on a diet... It's it's all or nothing. There's no enjoyment. He, he's, yeah. he, he does... It's either he's all in, and there's no enjoying food, because he's so strict and so focused on it or it's absolutely nothing and let's buy junk food let's buy everything and just gorge and it's like like can we have a happy medium where it's you know enjoy yourself every once in a while but you know try and stick to a you know a healthy diet you know with you know some some goodies every once in a while instead of this all or nothing mindset it really yeah it gets on my nerves <laughs> <laughs> I hear I hear you uh, totally and and one of the things that I try to hold space for with my clients is that we have different personality types. And so for some people the you know the adage everything in moderation might actually drive them crazy and really not work for them. And so there's um, a really cool researcher, Gretchen Rubin, and she created this concept called abstainers versus moderators. And so to try to break down people into two different categories, um, abstainers, are people who it's actually much easier for them to just make one decision. I'm no longer going to eat this. Um, this is who I am now, right? And then they just make the decision once, and then they stick with it. It's easier for them to abstain from a certain food, or I'm just using food in this context. It could be anything in life. Um, but it's easier for them to abstain than to try to moderate something. They actually find themselves struggling a lot to moderate because they feel like they lose control and kind of go into a frenzy, and it just becomes a slippery slope for them when they try to moderate something. Um, so you might say that these people are all-or-nothing people, um, but it becomes a strength for them. Rigidity actually helps them to succeed. And then there are moderators who it sounds like hell on earth to them to try to abstain from something forever. They need to know that if they want to, you know, have a deviation from their regularly scheduled programming, that they can totally do that and that they can still enjoy that and it's still going to work for them. Um, the idea of trying to make a decision once and have it be permanent, like, oh, my gosh, that would drive them up a wall. And so they're not going to enjoy that. So I wonder if you guys have these different personality types. What do 
Yeah, I, I think so. I think 100%. I think you're diagnosing <laughs> us. I'm like, I'm over here like, I, I don't see the problem. If we've been good all week, why can't we, you know, you're out and about having a family day. Why can't we have, you know, a brownie? It's not that big a deal. One brownie, you know what I mean? And yeah, then he's but... like, no, I'm on my diet. I can't even have one Skittle. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah, like, she, is, my uh, little girl offered me a Skittle and I'm like, no, I'm on a diet. And she's like, you can't, no, you got to live life. And I'm like. It messes me up. Then the next day I'm eating a whole box of uh, hot tamales. I love hot tamales. <laughs> so it, it messes yeah. me up. It just yeah. messes up my brain. It cuts that trigger off. I'm no longer on the diet. I had that Skittle last night. I know it's stupid, but that's how I'm wired. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not stupid. It's something to be aware of and to try to celebrate how you are wired instead of trying to fight your own personality type. But what I would suggest for you, if you do feel like you're an abstainer, that your language is so important. Because if you say, I can't have this, then how do you feel when you say that? As opposed to saying, I don't want to, or I choose not to. Right. Yeah. That, that would be better to tell your daughter than I can't, I'm on a diet. I think I can tell you're worried about the messaging that your kids might be picking up on to hear, you know, mom or dad say, I'm on a diet. I can't. Right. Yeah. That's, that's she's, definitely she's nine and she's, she's, I've already heard her say comments to, to Wes of you're always on a diet. Why can't you just eat this? So it's, yeah, yeah. yeah. That would be a better. Well, I just, Jess, I, I have to fit in magic right boxes. Now. I actually have a box right now. I don't fit in. I, I really badly yeah. sprained my foot. Six months ago, seven months ago, and I actually jogged yesterday, and I felt pretty good. But if I drive a long car trip, my foot just, like, goes to sleep, and it aches when I get out of the car. So it's still not better, but it's getting there. And I gained, like, 35 pounds because I couldn't move. So, yeah, I need to do something. But going back to the stomach thing real quick, and then we'll get back to where we were. My stomach, I had panic attacks in high school. So it was diarrhea and throwing up every day of my life for five years. I just thought that was normal. That I I lived it my whole life. Everybody looks back at it and says, how did you not know? It's every day of your life. That's what you are now. I don't know. And um, so I didn't get that fixed until I was in college. But I wonder how much damage that did to my guts and... I know it did damage to my teeth. I, I just now got on track where I go to the dentist and everything's fine. It was bad because, you know, throwing up every single day and it was it was awful. So do you think yeah. the carnivore thing to eliminate all of that is the way to go for now? Just to see if I can fix whatever may be going on? No, not at all. I would actually say start with keto. Keto. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would say you don't have to go, um, you know, so far to the extreme. I'm fine going um, to extreme. We already talked about that. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I mean, actually, you might really like, um, do you know Joe Rogan and his podcast? I love Joe Rogan's podcast, yes. Yeah, he went straight from just eating high carb to eating carnivore. Um, but what can happen when you do that? He had extreme diarrhea. Diarrhea. It's absolutely crazy, the, the kind of reaction that your body might have. Um, so if you would be okay with staggering down... Um, a lot of times people who start with keto and then transition to carnivore, they don't have those problems at all. Well, that's what um, I was going to so, ask you from a medical yeah. standpoint. What caused his crazy diarrhea doing that? What What is going on in his belly? Uh, electrolyte imbalance, actually. Um, so that's what I would attribute it to. So basically what happens is, and people who transition to a keto diet can struggle with this as well. There's actually a popular term for it called the keto flu. 
and it's not really a flu, but you get some of the symptoms of a flu where you have headache, you feel really tired, um, you might get constipated or have diarrhea, um, leg cramps, muscle cramps, um, can't get through a workout, things like that. You just kind of feel like a truck ran over you for a couple of days. And that's kind of a normal response to your body transitioning fuel sources. Um, so it takes a little, it takes about 72 hours for your body to burn through the stored glucose that you have. We can store a little bit of glucose in our liver and in our muscles. It's called glycogen. It takes about 72 hours to burn through that. And then your body switches over to burning stored body fat, which is almost an unlimited resource for those of us who, you know, have extra stored body fat to lose. And so in that meantime, though, your body kind of feels like, where's all my nutrition? I don't have the nutrition that I need. And your body just kind of like, you know, freaks out a little bit. Um, another thing that happens though, is your body holds onto one gram of water for every, sorry, four grams of water for every one gram of carbohydrates that you consume. And so that's where that initial weight loss is coming from, where people lose like 10 pounds in two weeks or 10 pounds in, in 10 days, or if you have a lot of weight to lose 10 pounds in the first week, like that can happen. And that is water weight actually, because your body is flushing that stored sugar out of your body. And along with it, the four grams of water for every one gram of carbohydrates. So there goes all that water. Um, with that though, your body is also flushing out electrolytes. Imagine, you know, this is why people like athletes replenish electrolytes during an intense workout because you're losing a lot of water weight through sweat. And so you're feeling cruddy. You're feeling like really, um, you know, you're going to get that headache or you're going to, um, you're going to feel like your performance is stalling. You, you've hit a wall, you're bonking basically. Um, so that's what's happening. So in, in regards to the diarrhea that he got, um, so think about your colon and the job of your colon is to produce stool. And the perfect consistency of your stool is about, um, you know, having the consistency of the waste that you need to get out of your body along with the right dosage of water. And so the cells in your colon perfectly allow in the right amount of water to form a stool that could easily pass out of your body, right? And when you don't have enough water in your stool, you get constipated. And when you have too much water in your stool, it's diarrhea. And so all of the cells in your body are running off of an electrolyte balance of sodium and potassium and magnesium. So um, it's called the sodium potassium channel. Every single cell in your body functions off of this. And this is why we get these symptoms when we don't have enough electrolytes. So basically to answer your question, um, it's an electrolyte imbalance that is very, very common when you are no longer eating um, the sodium that comes from processed foods. As Americans, we get most of our sodium that we need for, for the day um, from processed foods. Oh, okay. So we don't need to uh, add any salt to anything, huh? <laughs> actually, you, you will. You will need to add salt, actually. Um, so your body needs sodium oh, okay. um, in order to function. So because, remember, all of, your cell, all of your cellular processes and neurological processes are running off of um, sodium and potassium and magnesium. So if you're not getting enough of these things from your diet, then you are going to feel the impacts of that on your body. Um, having diarrhea or constipation is just one way that you might feel that, but again, it might just, it man might manifest as you feeling really tired, as you having headaches, yeah. um, things like that. So if you're feeling any of those symptoms, um, I tell my clients to supplement with electrolytes. Okay. So, um, I can recommend some good brands, but you know, there's electrolytes that you can get everywhere, you know, smart water, um, Gatorade zero, Powerade zero, um, so you can, you know, there, there's, as long as it's zero sugar and it's got electrolytes, you're going to want to supplement with it if you're experiencing any of those symptoms. What is, what is Pediasure? Does that have sugar in it? 
Yeah, it has sugar in it, but okay. it's not electrolyte. Yeah, uh-huh. I know. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, that's what I was thinking. Gatorade was like, you know, a, a Pepsi product, so I didn't think you'd recommend that, but they have Gatorade Zero. Oh, okay. So I'm okay with it as long as you're getting enough sodium for the day. So when you um, are eating a low-carb diet, I would recommend to people, make sure you're getting at least 1,000 milligrams of sodium a day. So if you look at the back of the Gatorade, it's probably got about 300 milligrams of sodium a day. So you're going to want to have three to four of those um, a day. And that can add up a lot, um, you know, price-wise. So what you can actually do is you can make your own electrolyte drink at home. Um, You can take a half a teaspoon of salt and put it in however much water you want. But a half a teaspoon of salt is 1,000 milligrams of sodium, and it's much cheaper than buying any kind of electrolyte beverage. So you can do that, and then you can flavor it with, like, a fruit infusion of water or some um, lemon and a little bit of uh, keto sweetener to make, like, your own electrolyte lemonade, something like that. So keto sweetener, is Splenda not allowed on that diet? Okay, so there's different types of zero-sugar sweeteners. Um, Splenda is one of them. And actually, the ingredient in Splenda that makes it sweet is actually called sucralose. That's the name of the chemical sweetener. Um, Splenda is just one brand of that, but of course, there's other brands. Um, I would, I'm okay with sucralose, okay. but I tell people to watch out for Splenda packets or granulated Splenda. And this actually goes for any kind of keto sweetener, um, like the Sweet and Low or Equal, any kind of packet. Um, because what they do is they take the chemical that makes it sweet. And then they add it to this other compound called maltodextrin, and that is what gives it the granulation. Well, maltodextrin has carbohydrates, and it spikes your blood sugar. So that's why if you look up the nutrition info for one packet of Splenda, it's one gram of carbs. Wow. So that can add up pretty quickly. Yeah, I used to go to Dunkin' Donuts every day and be putting, you know, three Splenda packets in my coffee twice a day. Yeah. If you're trying to stick to 20 carbs a day, that's six carbs right there. You've already done 25% of your carbs for the day. I've so had eight or 12 in my coffee already today. Uh-huh. Yep. She said, I'm not starting keto today. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can. Remember, it's not all or nothing. Your body can still be working towards the state of ketosis through the carbohydrate reduction that you, that you are doing. But I would just recommend switching to liquid sucralose. So I use, it's um, called Easy Sweets, the letter E, the letter Z sweets with a z on the end and i buy mine on amazon and it's just liquid sucralose no maltodextrin in it no carbs whatsoever and then um it comes in a in a pack where it's got a larger bottle that you can keep at home and then a smaller bottle that you can keep in your pocket or your purse or your car um and take it with you so that's what i use huh there you go does it taste as good though because i do not like equal i do not like sweet and low uh but okay okay no it tastes exactly the same oh wow all right cool because they're not putting that extra chemical in it. And that chemical just makes it granulated. So it tastes exactly, exactly. the same. I love it. I love it. You're awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Jess. <laughs> Thank you. This is the type of stuff that I love. And I do, do I do free curiosity calls for anybody that's interested in coaching. And what I tell people is, whether you want to move forward with coaching or not, just let me give you some free keto advice. Like, I just sincerely enjoy it. Like, I just solved one little problem for you or taught you one little thing about your personality or whatever. Like, that truly just brings me joy. Well, I mean, so here's the thing about Natalie and I. Not only do I love my wife with all of my heart, we're together 24 hours a day. So Uh how are you going to make two different meals? How are you going to have one person have brownies for dessert? I freaking love brownies. 
But then she makes brownies, but I'm on a diet. I don't want brownies. She wants brownies. Okay, well, I'm with her. And then if I don't eat it, and then she feels guilty. And it's like, now we're two separate personality types. <laughs> Jess said yeah. so. Leave me alone. I can say that now. Thank you, Jess. Yeah. chocolate fix you know and it doesn't oh gosh, have to be totally. the whole pan of brownies i just want a brownie but you know that's that girl thing though you got to have that chocolate fix yeah i well, a lot of times as well um, chocolate is high in magnesium so sometimes your body is giving you a craving because you're deficient in something so maybe um you know just adding some some electrolytes to your life can really help with cravings as well oh. i'm waiting for an app that does your blood at, that says hey you need potassium Hey, you need your, you know, what would really hit the spot for you right now is this meal. That's what I'm waiting on, Jess, because, you know, sometimes I'm craving something and I'll go for something else. And it's like, mm, I'm still hungry or something else is going on. I just realized in the past 10 years, you know, how many times I've been starving and just chugging some water fixes everything. Yeah, that, absolutely. That, that your, your belly tricks you and tells you you're hungry when you're really you're just dehydrated. Yeah. yeah, I bet you that that app is not too far off because with all of the wearable technology that we have nowadays, like 
um, you know, people can test their, their glucose through blood strips, right? right? But now they actually have what's called a continuous glucose monitor. And you, you stick it in your arm. It doesn't hurt, but you stick it in your arm once. You can wear it for about two weeks, and you can even wear it in the shower 24-7. It links to an app on your phone, and it monitors your blood sugar for you, and you can see the response. And so that technology already exists. Um, it probably won't be long until some really smart person designs an app that does push you and says, hey, you know, you're low in yada yada based right. on your blood. Like, you might want to eat this thing to feel better. I, I bet you that's coming within the next uh, 20 years. You have too much sodium, but you need potassium. I recommend yeah. your lunch be an apple and turkey bacon. You know, you just don't know. Exactly. I, I would love that. Natalie and I said yeah. if we hit the lottery, the first thing we're going to do is just hire a chef. Right. Because we eat what's in front of us. And that's yep. that's the problem. When you go to that Mexican restaurant, we end up eating the daggone chips. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. If we, well, if you're if you're trying to do keto, you can always tell them not to bring the chips if both of you are on the same page. Um, but I know you have kiddos as well, so your nine year old probably really loves those chips. Yes, she does. <laughs> you she can does. bring some pork rinds with you. You can also buy um they make a hundred percent cheese crackers. So, um have you seen these? They're called like wisps. Um, is one of the brands. Yeah. Moon Cheese is another brand, and it's a cracker that's made of 100% cheese. You can get them there at like Starbucks and stuff. They're becoming more popular everywhere, Target, grocery stores. And you can just keep that in your purse and bust that out when your kiddo is having the tortilla chips, and you can have the cheese crackers and dunk it in the salsa or the guacamole. Wow. So is your little girl, do you have her on keto? How does that work? Because your husband's not. not. Right, right. He's not. So um, when I first started eating keto, um, this was before my daughter was born, but um, I would I would basically make a protein and a low-carb vegetable for me for dinner, and then I would make a starch for him as well. So I would still make like the pasta or the macaroni and cheese or the baked potato or the rice or whatever. And then I'd say maybe less than a year into this, because he didn't think I was going to last, you know, in the beginning, and neither did I, but I, sure enough, results don't lie, and I kept with it, and I garnered his respect and all of that. And one day he just said, you don't have to make that for me. You don't have to make the potato for me. And so I'm like, really? Okay. So he eats keto meals with me. But then um, when he wants to have chips after dinner or have an ice cream bar after dinner, that's what he does. Um, So for my daughter, I don't keep her on a low-carb diet per se. I keep her on a whole foods diet. So any fruit, any vegetable, meat. um, And then, of course, I do let her have treats from time to time. But I try to keep things um, that are, like, low sugar. So I'll have, like, sugar-free gelatin. I'll have, like, low-sugar yogurts for her. Um, I just try to be really mindful of her sugar consumption because um, it really does impact her behavior um, and her mood. So that's that's usually what I stick with is just try to stick with whole foods and limit her sugar. Wow. I, I, we probably don't even notice. I mean, last night we had that, that brownie. Mm-hmm. And then my little girl was running around chasing the twins and rah, 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 like, she like was, she was hopped yeah, up on sugar. That's very true. Yeah. She was having a good time though, playing with her brothers. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's fun when they're sugar high, but then when they sugar dip and then they're, you know, cranky and not listening to rules and they don't want to go to bed, you know, that's not fun. <laughs> and you feel bad for them too, because you can tell that their little body is just struggling, you know? Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Her bedtime's eleven thirty. She still doesn't want to go to bed. So yeah. Well, well, we're entertainers. So she gets up about. I mean, we had breakfast today at one p.m. So right. yeah. That's our yeah. that's our schedule. Everything's weird. Um, yeah. Dude, this has been amazing. This is awesome, Jess. I'm I'm loving this. We will have to have you back on. Uh, you have your own podcast called Self Care Keto. Yes. 
How long has that been going? Oh, man, probably, I think I started it in March of 2020, so about a year and a half now. Nice. Uh, yeah, we started ours podcast. Sometime what is it? around then, yeah. Uh, I'm t- pandemic podcast is yeah, when we exactly. started. We I started think a as lot well. Of people started during the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. We were stuck at home. Get yourself a microphone and just start talking. That's right. Well, we sold our television show, so I was videotaping my television show and I was putting it on YouTube every day, every week since wow. uh, 2014, 2015. And then when we sold it, they're like, no more episodes. You know, we don't need new yeah. ones. We just need to promote the ones you have. We bought it, and I have free time now. What am I going to do? Yeah. yeah. And within that week, we started a podcast. So that's how it happened for us. So how do people go about hiring you? Because, I mean, just that I'm going to re-listen to this. I mean, I got to go shopping on Amazon. <laughs> I need some cheese crackers. Uh-oh. I need to start this <laughs> new diet for my belly. What? How can people hire you? on my website, theketofit.com. I have an initial five-week coaching commitment for new one-on-one clients, and I also do group coaching, but that um, is only offered at certain times of the year. So I just started a group that's going September through November, and I will be doing another group in January, um, probably towards the end of January. That will be for women only, though. Um, So... I do have one-on-one openings available right now. Um, so if anybody is interested in checking that out, it's over at theketofit.com. You can just put in an inquiry on my website, and we can set up a free curiosity call. Also, for anybody that is thinking, well, I'm interested in this, but I really don't have the time commitment right now, or I really don't have the financial availability to work with a coach right now, I have a resource available that is called the Self-Care Keto Guided Mindset Journal. And I created this to be a self-coaching tool for people who would like to um, get out of self-sabotage and into self-care surrounding food and weight and body image and are curious about how keto can actually help them in that journey. I have 10 mindset exercises in that guided journal that are mindset exercises that I've used with my one-on-one clients over the last four years to really help them help them transform their mindsets and their relationships with food um, to lose weight and to find healing from the inside out. So that's available on my website as well at theketofit.com slash journal. And you can follow me on social media. I'm at theketofit on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn. And then I also have the self-care keto podcast. Perfect. Dude, that's awesome. So what's what's the one thing Natalie should try to work on tonight? Just uh, get rid of all the bread in the house? Well, if you're a moderator, Natalie, which it sounds like you are, then probably, yeah, a staggered approach might work really well for you as opposed to an all or nothing. So maybe just cutting out one category um, of food at a time. Uh-huh. And it's totally up to you how we, how you would like to approach that. I wouldn't dictate to you what that should be first because maybe you uh, feel like you could let go of chips, but bread is more of like um, a sacred cow for you. So it really <laughs> depends. But okay. yeah, sometimes for moderators, a staggered approach can be a lot more successful than going cold turkey. Okay. Cool. Yes, I yeah. like that idea. Much better One than cold turkey. One last thing that I'd like to offer out to everybody is I have a freebie. Um, it's called the Free Keto Kickstart PDF. And what this is, is it is a um, free download where you can get 47 free keto recipes. And it's also got a keto food list that you can use as a shopping list. And it'll tell you what foods to focus on, what foods to moderate, what foods to avoid. A little bit more keto info to get you all started. And that freebie is at bit.ly slash keto kickstart PDF. Do that one more time. Bit.ly slash keto kickstart PDF. Wow. All right. And also, if, if 
you go over to my website, thekitofit.com, it's going to come up as a pop-up for you, and you can grab it there. Perfect. Perfect. Jess, you are awesome. This uh, exceeded my expectations by a long shot. How about you, Nat? Yeah, absolutely. This is great. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure chatting with you guys. And I saw you all are from Lynchburg. Uh, we're between Richmond and Charlottesville and, and Columbia, Virginia. Awesome. And I am in Virginia Beach, so that's something we have in common. I used to work at Virginia Beach every October uh, at Hunt Club Farm Market down there in London Bridge. General awesome. Bo- I know exactly where that is. General Booth. There this weekend. General oh, Booth cool. in London Bridge. Yeah. Well, tell JD, the owner, I said hi. I love that place. <laughs> okay. I did, I did I scary will. magic for them, and uh, I did a sideshow for them. I worked there for six years right out of college. Wow. Yeah, I love Very Virginia cool. Beach. That's awesome. Well, I do too. Anyway, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, stay on the line. I have a couple plugs real quick, and then we'll wrap everything up. You're awesome, Jess. Thank you so much. Thank Our TV you. show, Wes Isley's Magic Life, is on Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, Android TV, the Jewel TV app, and tons of other places. It's in over 100 million households. All you have to do is look for it. And now it's in syndication in Houston, Nashville, and Knoxville. Check it out. And every Saturday and Sunday in October, Natalie and I will be performing at Round Hill Farm in Culpeper. Go to westisley.com for showtimes. And also at westisley.com is our new show merch. That's logo t-shirts, TV podcast t-shirts, Magic Man hats, stickers, playing cards, and more. See you next week. Today's episode of the podcast is sponsored by Express Copy and Graphics. Mention promo code westisley to get 10% off. Their website is expresscopy.com. That's X-P-R-E-S-S-C-O-P-Y.com. They do it all. Copies, banners, signs, vehicle wraps, promo items, practically anything you need printed, they can do it for you. These guys are great. Check them out. Check us out online at wesisley.com and patreon.com forward slash Wes underscore Isley for behind-the-scenes videos, blooper videos, never-before-seen footage, discounts on merchandise, magic trick tutorials, and more. That's Wes Isley, spelled W-E-S-I-S-E-L-I.